On Sunday, I started out with a question, who's suffering and do they want to do something about it? And with your permission, I'd like to continue on that thread of discourse. So, first there was a a great response from the Sangha about uh, revealing that there was a A ma- not a majority, but a, a great cross-section of the Sangha that was experiencing suffering in that moment. What is the event, what is the life event that causes us the most suffering, do you think? Yes. Loss. I'm sorry. Loss. Loss. Okay. What does what category does loss fit into? Grasping. That's a reaction to loss. Grasping is a reaction to loss. Oh, oh impermanence. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Impermanence. Change. I had a real good express, you know, experience about attachment. Um, I didn't realize there are many different way of grasp attachment. Mm-hmm. And uh, last Sunday, I was talking to you about uh, losing books because I'm attached to my books, and uh, when I loan the books, it doesn't come. And finally, I feel like, okay, when it long, it goes away, and it's okay. But then I, uh, after I went home, I realized my father, because he's in a public place, that people come and uh, borrow the money, and many of them, they don't, you know, pay back. And my mother was like, why you keep doing this? Because you know that they're not going to bring it. He said, when I give it to them, I don't expect to come back. Mm. So what I noticed is that he was very peaceful, and my mother, who was upsetting. So now I realize that attachment, whether it's a money or a book or my ideas, that how much we suffer this my thing. Mm-hmm. So that made me think a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, since we're speaking of loss, I, loss of presence in my reactivity. And then difficulty somewhere in that milieu, so to speak. Okay. All right. So we seem to agree, we seem to have the minds state of mind that says predominantly it's about impermanence that creates the suffering that we uh, experience. Now the next question is, does that make sense? 
this this philosophy, in my opinion, bring us an opportunity to access wisdom, to to learn how to analyze and evaluate the moment and to de- define its true nature as opposed to how we want it to be. So when we observe reality, it is filled with, embodied by change. That's its core nature. When um, if we didn't have change, just think of the mess our lives would be in. You know, and, and I'm not, and I'm not speaking to necessarily changes in night and day or changes in the seasons, but just the effect that change has on us as individuals, it makes us let go of things involuntarily. We don't voluntarily let go of things. We, they're torn from our grip. And this is what causes our pain, right? But the point is, if that wasn't a phenomena of truth, we would all be hoarders we would all be keeping things that we didn't need anymore, that we didn't want anymore, that didn't serve us anymore. We wouldn't have enough hands and enough room to hold on or to reach out for the things that are beneficial. Yes? Breathe in. Keep breathing in. Keep breathing in. Keep breathing in. The most basic function of our existence is about change. There's always an exhalation for an inhalation. Always. We have to let one go to have the other. We must develop the capacity to accept and be a part of change to embrace change because it's it's what's healthy. It's what allows the cycles of progress and deterioration to come about. It's a part of the dynamic of health. And I know everyone here has seen Groundhog Day and the confusion, the mess that occurs when there isn't change, even though everyone thinks in their mind that would be the best thing for me, is a place that doesn't change unless I want it to. So we have to, in my opinion, change our relationship and our view about change. And that's change. It doesn't make sense to do it any other way. It causes us pain, causes us distress. 
that our wisdom mind should identify change as something that is very valuable to us and welcomed to us. And when we are able to walk with change from the place of value, that place of naturalness to life, then we'll find we won't suffer. Now that's on a, that's dealing with life on a conventional level. Because in dealing with change, in dealing with impermanence, there has to be someone who experiences that impermanence. And of course we know on an ultimate truth, there is no self to experience anything. But we won't talk about that today. What we are talking about though, is the mind state that we have to have in order to reduce suffering in our lives. And this is the only thing that this path promises to deliver. That when we free ourselves of our ignorance, which is not necessarily meaning stupidity, it means immaturity. We see children who don't want change to occur and, and, and their responses, their, their drama that they bring up in the day when they don't want day to disappear or vacations to end or toys to break. We see their demonstration, their frustration, their angst. But when we respond the same way to loss, we're just huge two-year-olds acting with an immature mind. Because the truth is, everything changes. Because it's necessary for it to happen. It's healthy. It makes us embrace less, which means become more empty to receive what comes next. Do you see the picture? If you can think of anything more to say about this, then I welcome it. It's really so simple. Again, it's not easy because we're still stubbornly holding on to that illusion of empowerment that says, I should be the one who dictates when it's time to let go of something. And we know that in our day, it is easy for us to let go of the, the garbage and the trash that we want to get rid of when we're no longer feeling that it's useful for us, when we think that it doesn't serve us anymore. We're ready to let it go. We're ready to move on. And we're impatient with the reluctance of the other to let go too.
but life's lessons for us. Catches us at those moments when we're not ready yet. When we don't want to yet, when we haven't gotten enough of our fill of it yet. When there's still a little more to drain from it. Hmm. Suppose we could hold on to everything we wanted to hold on to. Would we ever have night? Would we ever have winter? It would be a huge mess. So you see that we see the wisdom in the in the design of of life. Now we're starting to see the wisdom in life. It's not punishment. It's wisdom. Divine wisdom. It helps us move toward emptiness because our wisdom will align us with the truth that says nothing is worth holding on to. Nothing, absolutely nothing. And we will stop acting like that two-year-old. And we will become free. We will live our lives in that space of no birth, no death. No perception, no non-perception. But we've got to let go to do that. To be happy, we've got to let go. We know the truth. The truth is we can't carry it with us. We can't take it with us. We know the truth, that it's someone else's turn to have it. That's how we find things when other people have let them go. And we go, whoa, this is great. And we hide it under our coat and run home with it. Mm. Loss and gain. We've got to lose to make room for the next great thing to come into our lives. All right, that's my talk. I hope, who was here on Sunday? Most of you, okay. I hope, I hope you see the connection between the two talks. I hope they are helpful. I hope you will deny the the expression, the, the desire to hold on and to realize how natural it is to just 
free it up and let it go. With the wonder, with the awesomeness that says, boy, I can't wait to see what's coming next. Now that I've given room, I've, I've birthed the space to receive the next gift in life. Hmm. What a wonderful way to spend the day. I'm going through withdrawal because for the past month I've been getting up every morning turning on the TV to CNN. And I didn't realize until I said, eh, enough of that. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to do that this morning. I didn't realize how agitating it was. I, I woke up this morning and I said, what's missing? It's, 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 it's too still. It's, it's too empty. What's missing? I said, oh, the agitation. Oh, gee. Yes. I want to share that there's light at the end of the tunnel. I recently turned my TV off. And that's, I would look at a different channel, but every morning. And I feel so much better. I know. And actually, perhaps this is a coincidence, but I mentioned it to a couple neighbors. And I used to hear their television. I mean, I couldn't hear the words or things like that. It wasn't obnoxious, but it was on. Mm -hmm. It's much quieter. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I, uh, detailed my car. And in the next few days, a bunch of people detailed. They got their cars washed. (laughs) So I don't know what that's about. But I guess in my own little way, I've been a trendsetter. Yeah. Anyways, I get way off the topic here, and I just feel comfortable with you guys to share that. It might Thank seem you. a little odd. Maybe I am. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. A deep bow. Thank you. Okay. Oh, we got another comment. Uh, I was on family vacation at at my parents' house, and we're in the, all of us were in the swimming pool, and my niece. It was, it was so interesting in the moment. She's like, it's too quiet. <laughs> it's too quiet. And, and it's just interesting. We were talking about silence mm-hmm. and how, how do you sense silence. And mm-hmm. uh, it was to, in real time to see the experience of, of, of arising and settling and unsettling. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was... It was nice to see what it actually looks like. Yeah, stillness. It's wonderful. All right. Let's go inside. And partner with higher consciousness. The awareness that is aware. So if you remember, just start out by listening.
That was wonderful. Thank you so much for spending time with me this morning. May all beings be liberated from suffering. May we be well. May we be happy. May we be peaceful. Thank you so much again. Continue to have a pleasant day. Smile at a stranger. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.